Welcome back to the show after the show, the Two Justins Soccer Podcast. The show where Justin and Justin, after recording our other podcast, talk about our love for the beautiful game. Like one of the most common questions I get from somebody who doesn't understand soccer is like they can't fathom like club play, mm-hmm. which is like Premier League or La Liga, which is in Spain, but they don't get they don't get how there can be players that play for a club that are outside the United States, but then can still play for the United States national team. Yep. Um, which therein leads to like there's international teams and there's club teams. What does that mean? And it's super confusing, I think, for most people because there's really no other sport in the world that has the same dynamic the same kind play. of yeah. Yeah. Like the NFL doesn't have that. You don't go play in Spain, but then play for the United States. There's no World Cup. Like, I don't know. It's just right. different. Yeah, it's way different. And I think that's why this is a fitting place to start mm-hmm. for this podcast is giving some broad structure as to how world soccer works yeah so that if somebody's trying to get in get interested in the game it feels like they're going in with some knowledge they understand how things are structured and i think that's a good starting point for somebody so to begin talking about the overall structure mm-hmm. of world soccer it's all under the silver arching umbrella of fifa and fifa is an international organization. FIFA is an acronym for mm-hmm. a French word or for a French series of words uh, that I think translates to the International Football Federation Association. Yep. Yep. And uh, it's like Federation Internationale <laughs> de Football Association. Yep. Um, spot on, I'm sure. And basically, this is the governing body, they oversee the World Cup. But they oversee uh, all of the federations throughout the world mm-hmm. that govern more regional yep. governance over leagues and tournaments and yep. international yep. play. So that's kind of how it's structured and broken down is there's this big technically nonprofit, though we can get into a lot more of that controversy at another time. Uh, there's this big international organization that was established in like the 1920s and was created to govern the sport to provide a set of guidelines and rules that everybody could agree upon and follow Mm -hmm. and also to uh, give it a structure that allows for something like the World Cup uh, to exist Mm -hmm. and to be... uh, Something that, although it's dis- disruptive for some leagues that are happening at the time, because like the MLS, for example, yeah. runs yeah. through the summer, uh, everybody can agree that that it, people can participate because everybody is governed yeah. by the same yeah. organization that's putting it on. Yeah. So that's kind of the purpose for FIFA as a structured organization. Do you want to talk about that next tier down, the federations? Uh, throughout the world. Not international federations. Is that what you mean? Uh, yeah, the international federations. So you just talked about, obviously, FIFA being this overarching umbrella for basically everything involving soccer across the world. Right. All countries, all leagues, all different tournaments. FIFA is kind of that governing board that overarches every other thing. Yeah, and there might be 
people like l- leagues that try to run independent of FIFA, but that they are few and far between and not yeah. popular. Yeah. Are you know they they're they're very outside the yeah. norm. So underneath that, the next level would be federations that Correct. fall underneath there. What does that look like when it comes to different countries like UEFA? Like what is that? Mm-hmm. FA, what is that? Like, what does that mean if someone were to see those things? Like, UEFA Champions League. Like, what does that mean for somebody as a federation right. underneath FIFA? And you've likely heard, if you're listening, of the UEFA Champions League. Yeah. It very, very much could Conca have heard. CONCACAF. You may have heard of that as yeah, well. Yeah, might have heard of CONCACAF or Champions League or World Cup. Uh, so, FIFA basically delegates regional governance to a number of different confederations. For North America and Central America, that federation's acronym is CONCACAF. Mm -hmm. It's a mouthful. (laughs) For South America, it is called CONMEBOL. And for Europe, it's called UEFA. Mm -hmm. Probably the easiest one to to say. Um, And it's important to note that while these, these regional representations... They're not necessarily hard and fast. Mm-hmm. Teams can switch between confederations potentially uh, if there's a good enough reason. And teams that you wouldn't expect to be in the confederation that they are don't always, it doesn't always make sense. Like Israel competes out of the European confederation. And, and this might sound confusing as I'm going through it, but but these confederations, We've already listed CONCACAF North America, mm-hmm. CONMEBOL South America, UEFA Europe. The CAF is is the African Confederation. Uh, then there's an Oce- Oceania Confederation, and then there's an Asian Confederation. Where's Oceania? Oceania covers uh, all of the island nations uh, in South, like the South Pacific. Okay. Uh, it covers Australia. Or it did. I think Australia just transitioned into uh, coming out of Asia now. Okay. Which is one of those things where it's a little bit nebulous. It's a little bit weird the way it functions. And so each region in the world has this confederation that oversees the nations. Mm -hmm. And underneath that, is is where we find all of the things that people are probably most familiar with. Premier League. Right. La Liga, Bundesliga, MLS, just different leagues. Yeah, all of the different leagues, what people mostly associate with Saco. Ronaldo standing there, not in a Real Madrid jersey now. Yeah. But Messi in a Barcelona jersey. Mm-hmm. So do you want to talk kind of about what just just what domestic leagues are we'll talk about how they differ from other competitions mm-hmm. and stuff in just a moment but let's talk first about how do, what domestic leagues are yeah domestic leagues for soccer um are probably different than any other sporting league in the world at least what i think of uh because Within domestic leagues, you don't have to live within that country to play for those leagues. Or you do have to live there. You don't have to be from that country, correct? Um, So anybody in the world can go and play for any team in a different different country. And typically, every country would kind of have its own 
main league. Yep. Yep. And it's also own system. Uh, oh, yeah, like an own main league. So if you think England, for instance, you have the Premier League, which is probably most familiar for most people listening uh, outside of MLS. But Premier League is something I feel like is kind of catching. It's starting to, to kind of make its way through America's. People are starting to watch Premier League, seems like. Yeah. And um, I think as as Americans, uh, just growing up, if you think about like soccer internationally, you think of English people. You think, yeah. And then <laughs> you know? Man United. Uh, yeah. Everybody thinks Man United. Um, so, yeah, within, within the Premier League, you have like that. The Premier League is the highest league in England that you can play in. Um, the teams, that's the best teams in the league. And then underneath them, you have all these divisions that kind of flood into the Premier League, like a tier mm-hmm. system almost of um, the only thing I can think of that's similar would be like baseball. Mm-hmm. But even within baseball, it's a little different as well. It would be like instead of a, a minor league player moving from double A to triple A, mm-hmm. it would be like an entire team, team moving, moving from double yep. A to triple A yep. with the ambition of becoming a major league yep. team. So that's the one thing within those leagues that you find in different countries domestically, um, you have the ability to move from a lower division uh, up to a higher division. Um, so theoretically, a team that's all the way at the bottom could someday make it through the leagues up into finally playing the Premier League over time. And that process, which will be its own topic of discussion Mm -hmm. with pros and cons of how this uh, operates in most leagues versus the few leagues that don't. Yeah. Uh, And it's called promotion and relegation. Yeah. So that'll be its own topic, uh, I'm sure, very soon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So really, when you look at these other countries, I feel like that's the model that a lot of them have. Yeah. La Liga... Uh, Bundesliga, which is German, La Liga, which is in Spain, um, those leagues they operate very similar, very similar in that um, there's this tier system of teams that can move up and down through that through those divisions. Wait, I think our, as we're talking about the leagues, we should also mention that above all of that, within one country, is the country's own federation. So there's FIFA, the international federation over all the federations. There's the regional federation that's over all of the federations in the countries. And then each country has its own federation. Mm -hmm. So like the U.S. Soccer Federation governs soccer in the United States, both international soccer, but also uh, collegiate soccer, professional soccer, men's soccer, women's soccer. Development soccer. Development soccer, all the way down to children playing soccer Mm -hmm. in in a development Which is crazy. With with coaches, like they say what the coaches are supposed to work on with those kids. Yep. And you have to get cleared. You have to go through schooling. You have to go through testing. licensing. To get licensed to be a coach. And so each country governs that structure and what that looks like. And it looks different in each country. Is that the same in other sports? Like the NFL? Like to be a football coach? So Is there licensing to be a high school football coach? I there's do, probably certifications for like. There's probably some sort of certification, but I do not believe it's so. It's not in depth as it is, I don't believe, with like right any the soccer in, like i cannot go coach a college team unless i have gone through my e licensing and then my d 
an MIC and gone my way through these licensing processes right. to actually even be able to coach and be qualified. doesn't matter if I know the game. Right. You, you, you also have to pass the test. And that's what that federation is deciding of yep. within each country. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, and that's very different from regular American sports. And part of that is there isn't a governing body. The NBA is kind of... <laughs> kind of governed by FIBA, yeah, which is the basketball ber- version of FIFA, mm-hmm. and it's I say kind of because FIBA isn't the big dog in the fight. Yeah, the NBA is. The <laughs> NBA is the, the so like if FIBA makes a rule and the NBA is like nah. no, yeah. like the NBA just doesn't. I like I think the players playing internationally play under FIBA. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so there might be some differences, but the NBA is in no way beholden to what FIBA says. Yeah. Where I think the European basketball leagues are all under FIBA. They are all FIBA They leagues. play by the rules that FIBA So, So out. that structure internationally outside of the United States, again, is very similar. Yeah. And I think there's probably something, some sort of agreement um, just because of the size and scope of the and NBA, the money NBA brings in, it's like yeah, to yeah. let the NBA function completely outside of what other leagues function as, yeah, and still allow the United States to compete in FIBA. So, but then like for football, there's nothing, nothing no, else like not that. At all. Um, there's probably something kind of similar for baseball, for like the the what's what's that called, the World Classic, or yeah, yeah. But again, there aren't very many other countries with professional leagues yeah and just to, like how extensive that federation is in each country is incredible too like how mm-hmm. far it goes down literally to coaching like a five-year-old kid that's something four or five-year-old kid that i didn't know until a few months ago i can't remember who i was talking to but they were talking about like reading i guess it was is it was, it was probably it was probably closer to a year ago yeah they're talking about like reading what they had to be coaching on from Klinsman. I'm like, what? Like yeah, he dictates it's crazy. He dictates what you do with these kindergartners. He's like, yeah. oh yeah, like we have straight from the top. Like we we have yeah. things that we have have to focus on with the kids. Like yeah. is dictated developmentally. To us. Yeah, D- developmentally. Yeah. yeah, because the idea would be that uh, for these countries, their main thing that the each country oversees is the international team mm-hmm. and the main thing that they want to do is, is win develop. the world cup. Yeah. You yeah. know, so by controlling development top to bottom and you're somebody that has experienced that firsthand. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't, I didn't play soccer. Mm-hmm. And so take that as a note. You don't have to have played soccer to love <laughs> soccer out there fans, uh. but you've experienced that firsthand as a soccer player all the way up through the collegiate level Yeah, that, what they're trying to do is create a coherent way of playing from a young age that 15 years from now, the kids that are 10 years old right now, mm-hmm. when the top of the top of the top of the top of those 15, you know, 10 year olds uh, are 25 and they're all on the same men's national team at the World Cup that they've been playing in the same way yep. as all of the other ones on the team mm-hmm. for their entire life. Yeah, and maybe not same way as far as like style and form of play, but just same 
like technical ability, right? How to pass? They all have the what same it looks like to work in it. Yeah, foundational developmental skills that would have been taught through that country to make sure everybody's on the same page. I'd say America lacks in that pretty yeah. severely. That is definitely one because of, our biggest. of mm-hmm. developmentally using that structure to keep everybody on the same page and growing at the same pace and the same rate and being able to pull from a large amount of kids that are all somewhat similar and take the best and move them forward. Yeah. And, I, th- and I think in this, again, another episode maybe, uh, but that's the one area developmentally in the United States that is far different than any other country is how we develop our players. Yeah. I totally Real significant, extremely significant. Like the value we place in it is pretty. Yeah. And I think we can, we can go into that, like you said, on another episode, but really uh, everything you need to know is summed up in the fact that uh, like children sign professional contracts in every other country. Lionel Messi, 10 years old, 10 years old and moves into a boarding school where all he does is all he does is play soccer he still goes to school like an hour for like an hour (laughs) a day and then it's soccer and yeah and and that's what's incredible is like you leave your family cristiano ronaldo biggest name probably in soccer that most people know about Mm -hmm. left his little island home in portugal and moved to like the mainland away Mm -hmm. from his family all by himself basically a nine-year-old living in this massive city on his own playing for, like, this massive club Yeah, where he played soccer all day. And that's something America, we just, we don't have that. Yeah, we don't have that, but that's the level of commitment that we're competing against. So, internationally. And, yeah, no, I I think it's very interesting that those differences are exactly what we're trying to point out in the structure. Yeah. Uh, Each country gets to govern its own structure and decide for itself how it wants to structure, and that's yeah. that's why the United States is different. Yeah, and uh, even the league functions different from the rest of leagues. Functions more like a like an American sports sports league. Every and this is into the weeds, but I think sports nerds in general, even if you aren't a soccer nerd, will appreciate that the MLS is like the NFL, like the NBA, like yep. the MLB for the most part. Yeah. MLB is a, yeah, a little different. Um, but in, in that it's a single entity company. The NFL is a company, singularly a company, mm-hmm. and all of the teams are franchises of the NFL yep. being owned and operated independently throughout the country. Mm-hmm. But it's all one company <laughs> that yeah. is making re- the revenue yep. and and it's that the NFL owns all of the teams. And like the MLS is that way as well. The MLS is like that too. And that is very different from the rest of the world. Yeah. The rest of the world, the premier league, the, all of these teams compete in, Yep. but each of those teams operates fully independently. They have owners, the they have investors. I mean, they have their own deal. Right. And so, it's, it just operates and functions structurally very differently. Which when, allows those teams to move, promote, and relegate through other leagues. And Yeah, and I promise that's coming up. Maybe yeah. that will be the next episode yeah. uh, to discuss exactly how promotion and relegation works. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, like you said, it it 
allows for that promotion and relegation. But one thing it also does is allow for wildly lopsided leagues and allows for wildly lopsided financials within leagues. Mm-hmm. And that is something that the MLS doesn't quite have yeah. to, to nearly the same degree as most other leagues, especially leagues like La Liga mm-hmm. that are basically a three-team league. Yeah. Every year it's a three-horse race. Our, yeah. our Liga Un, the French league, yeah. it's a one-horse race every year. PSG is going to win every year. Juventus is basically going to win every year in Italy. Bundesliga, same thing. Bayern Munich basically going to win every year in Germany. Um, so... The MLS being a single entity, it means that it artificially keeps things competitive. Yeah. There's salary caps, just like in other American sports, which isn't a thing in other else, yeah. other places. There, FIFA has kind of put some restrictions on with something that's called financial fair play. Um, but that basically just says that you have to make as a... As a company, the the club has to make somewhat close to the amount of money that it spends, and that's it. Like it's, you're capped by your profit basically, yeah. Which makes sense. But in the MLS, you're capped artificially. You're told at the beginning of the year, this is the amount of money you have. And in the MLS, it's very confusing. There's a lot of stuff that goes into that, but essentially, it functions with a cap. And when a player transfers in to an MLS team internationally, it also goes through a different process. Mm -hmm. It doesn't just go straight from one club to the next because the MLS is the entity that it's the player is transferring to. Yeah, which I've never thought about that because I don't follow the MLS at all. Yeah. So just just this, Justin, me, (laughs) I don't like the MLS very much. The other Justin is a fan. Yeah. Been trying to get me to watch it for the past three years. I tried this year. I failed. Yeah, you, you maybe had that, maybe next year. Weeks. <laughs> <laughs> but that's something I've I'd never thought about, like transferring and trading. Yeah, from club into the MLS, what that would look like. And for we can a talk player. about transfers and trades again in a yeah, whole other yeah, podcast. Yeah, uh, I'm going to write all of these down as soon as we finish yeah, recording. This is a lot. Yeah, but but basically, what happens is that. You know, last episode we talked about the international player. So the player from another country transfers into the MLS, and basically they're most likely going to be able to go to the team that is trying to buy them. But there are some extenuating circumstances that mean that the player that originally drummed up the interest in the player may not be the team that that player ends up on. Bizarre. Uh, yeah, it, it doesn't happen often, but because it can. And once a player has signed with an MLS team, when they leave, uh, there are still like rights attached to that player for, I believe, a period of time. I don't believe it's indefinite. But for example, Sporting Kansas City, Christian Namath left and the con- they ended the contract early. Christian Namath left to play in like Cutter and took a big contract there mm-hmm. and then came back to the United States. Kansas City was trying to bring him back, but they didn't have first rights to him. Okay. Uh they didn't get the first choice and basically 
it's almost like a waiver system, and they have to go through the waiver process. And I wonder what that's like for the even, player. But because that contract was like broken, that that means he can enter into the league, but he has to go back through a waiver process. And so he ended up on the New England Revolution, which was not the team that he wanted to Definitely be on. Not. And so now he actually just ended up back a few weeks ago. With yeah, I wonder Kansas what that's City. like for a player coming into the MLS and having to go through that process. It's it must it's be very taxing. strange because of how different it is from everywhere else. Everywhere else, so everywhere else, you can go in between teams. It doesn't right. really teams matter. interested. Team pays the money. You're okay. on that team. Yeah, that's how it works. Like again, you guys agree to it's terms, like a job. and you're on that team. <laughs> it's like a day job. Yeah, it's like a day job compared to. Well, we'll see what happens. So, so it's very effective structurally in the United States the MLS has been able to function because early on the MLS and previous attempts before the MLS have all failed. Mm -hmm. So early on, a lot of MLS teams failed, but the MLS through its tight control of the, the financials, the competitiveness through bringing in big name stars uh, and creating situations where teams can bring in those stars. uh, You know, that structure has been very successful uh, for the United States to, building a domestic league yeah. in a country that wasn't very interested mm-hmm. 25 years ago at all in yeah. soccer. Yeah. So that's kind of the structure top down from very big with FIFA to the minutia of the individual league operating yeah. yep. under the umbrella of the country under the umbrella of the regional representation. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I hope that wasn't too confusing tweet at us or hit us up on Instagram. If it, caused you any confusion yeah uh and maybe we'll have a part two of (laughs) (laughs) of corporate structures of soccer so take care we'll be back soon with a new episode justin's out